We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What a win that was last night, John. Are you ready for the first guest to be I, welcome to the stage? I, I was I was born ready. I think. Okay. Many years ago, 45 years ago, I was born ready. Oh, there you go. So first uh, and foremost, we bring up uh, one of the staples from the Knicks Film School live chat in our post games, Mr. Jonas Plout. Welcome. Hey, what's going hey, on? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Oh man, I, uh, I, 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 I went to bed. I was like, I was like one forty-five. I, I got to sleep last night, and I couldn't sleep past six a.m. today. I was just, I was, I was wired. I was like, you did, let's get some you did than me. Oh, coffee, bagels. Yeah. Anyway, nah, you did better than me. I couldn't fall asleep till like three. I was so hyped, so so hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm right there with you. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, so I guess I want to talk about two things. But, like, come on. How could you not start with RJ? Like, it's honestly so great. It's just insane because RJ's ours. Like, he's not going anywhere. And it feels so nice to finally have someone who, you know, we drafted, we're developing, and we're now watching go absolutely crazy every single game against real players and real teams before our eyes. It's just it's, – it feels so nice. It warms your heart, doesn't it? Um, it does warm my heart and it warm more, more importantly than warming my heart. It, uh, it warms like, you know, that, that niggling part of my basketball soul that is, has been beaten down from this, from watching this team for very many years and is constantly looking for, not looking for reasons not to believe, but is like on the lookout for reasons not to for things not to be real and he's just kind of won me over with like i mean it it sounds simplistic to say like some guys just have it right but he's like he's got it 
And I, and whenever you go back to like, well, what is it about him that's that's it that has the it factor? I think it's it's the whole pack. It's the size. It's the it's everything. It's it's the like he does not get scared at all. Like his, I don't know what's what's your favorite play of his from last night. I, I, can we rank those? I I I think it's the drive on Ja. I think it's the drive on Ja. I think it's the drive. It wasn't the biggest play, but like he took the game to his hand, into his hands. He saw that he had a mismatch. He didn't wait for like two seconds on the clock to make his move. He just went for it. And I think that takes supreme confidence to do that. Did you hear what he said? Uh, what he what he said post game? He's like, I, I I don't know what his exact words were, but it was something to the effect of like, I surveyed the floor. They were they were sprayed out, or we were sprayed out, and they were obviously covering because we were sprayed out. And he's like, I you know I saw the I saw the matchup and just went like that's you can't teach you either have that or you do because it's one thing to recognize it, and then it's another thing to actually go for it with the game on the line, especially since oh by the way. Ja fucking blocked him a few minutes earlier. Um, exactly. He didn't let that deter him. So anyway, that's – yeah, great call. Great call. No, yeah. I mean, it makes it all so much sweeter that it was on Ja too. But, like, when I look at his game, right, I don't see a fatal flaw. Like, I know that kind of sounds cliche, but, like, does he have certain things that he's weaker at than others? Yeah, 100%. But, like, I don't think any of his weaknesses are things that cannot be improved upon. Like, a fatal flaw for me is something that, like, a player can rarely fix. RJ doesn't have anything like that. Like, you could point to maybe off the dribble threes, but why can't he, you know, improve at that? We saw him take one against Brooklyn. He made it. It's just, it, it gets you so hyped to sit here and talk about it. Well, if he's, I mean, let's just, again, not not saying that he's going to ever hit, like, real, like, you know, like, Curry, Dame level off the dribble threes. That's not required. But if he could even just do, like, Tatum level off the dribble stuff, or what we're seeing from Jalen Brown right now, which is a comp that's being thrown around more and more like that at his size and with the ball handling and with the vision and all of that, then we're talking about a player that like, forget, forget an all NBA or an an all-star conversation. Then it's like, eventually like, is, does he wind up in all NBA conversations? Because the stuff around the rim, I'm becoming more and more bullish on that because I just think it's going to take time. He just needs more time to hone his patience, his moves around the basket. Um, his like that's gonna come. I don't doubt that that's gonna come at this point. So you're you're right. It's just the off the dribble stuff. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think the thing, the driving factor behind all of this is his work ethic, work yeah. work ethic and mentality. I mean, like, I want to point to the last two games specifically because he's faced four very tough primary defenders. Right. I think in the yeah. Celtics, it was mainly Jalen Brown, and Mark Smart. And then in the Grizzlies game, it was Dylan Brooks and Grayson Allen. And he did not back to any of those guys. Like specifically Smart. Smart is someone that you see 10 year vets back down to because that dude is in your face 24 seven talking. You know, he's physical and he just tries to ruin your game. And RJ just went at him time and time again. It's great to see. And what was your, uh, you said you had two points. What's the other one? Oh, I mean, I was just wondering, like, I know this. We all saw the ESPN article. Where would you put him on the top twenty-five under twenty-five? Well, you're wrong about one thing. I still haven't seen the ESPN article. Um, really? I'm, yeah, I might be stubborn as a mule, but I at this point, and and part of this is time, like with the with the kids and whatnot. Um, I just I just don't have the time to waste, and uh, I will not. But it's more about I'm not giving them that click. Um, thank Good. you. 
Fuddy is backing me up here. My my understanding from what people were saying in the live chat and just from like scrolling on Twitter is that he didn't make their top twenty five. No. Okay. I mean, it, my take on that is it's it, it, it's it's okay if you want to be spicy, but when you when you know you're doing something that is just like when you purport to be a news service and they still purport to be a sports news service, I believe. Um, and you leave like he had just stay with me here for one sec. He had 13 games of scoring 20 or more, um, last season. I'm just looking right now. He has 13 games of scoring 20 or more in his last 20 games, um, that he's played now after last night's 20 point effort. Like, just don't call yourself a news service or like then to then to take the next step. And this I saw because it popped up on, I forget if it was YouTube or some shit. Um, they, they put something out on their radio station where they're like, is, is, is RJ Barrett like to create bad content for the purpose of then being able to create additional bad content. It's like, come on, man, don't waste my fucking time. Um, so that's my that's my take. Uh, I'm sorry if that wasn't satisfying, but that's that's what I that's what no, I. No, it's fine because part of me, like I sit here, part of me, I just get so frustrated when he doesn't get the respect. But then I realize, like, no, hold up, he shouldn't. Like, I don't want him getting the respect because it's putting that chip on his shoulder. It's making him a better player every single game because he sees it, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's gonna be so nice when like when he's 23. Maybe it's gonna be next year. Who knows? When he just erupts on the scene and makes everyone eat their crow. And eat their words. It's Listen, I've, I've eaten it. I, I'm obviously I'm acknowledging the fact that uh, a couple weeks into the season, I was I was really worried. Um, I, I will not ever run and hide from that. I, I was dead wrong. He's proved, but the difference is he's proven me wrong because I watch the games and I see it. And at this point, if people aren't watching the games and seeing it, that's you know that's on them. So yeah. Anyway, exactly. uh, always a pleasure, uh, Jonas. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. Of course. Absolutely, Jonah. If I can just, before we get, because we have a lot of, you've got a line, John. Uh, go figure. Um, if I can just add a rule of thumb for everybody with a quick story. The day that I stopped paying attention to ESPN articles or more specifically those clickbaity things, um, it was first take and Skip Bayless like legitimately used to infuriate me. And it's like his job, right? And he was arguing one day that, like, Tim Tebow, he'd rather start a franchise with him over Aaron Rodgers. And it was the come-to-Jesus moment of, oh, they don't believe anything they're saying. And it's yeah. why like, you just have to look at them as, as TV characters. Like, what Julito did in season four of The Wire is exactly what Max Kellerman does every single day. They are playing characters. Futternick, you know exactly what I'm talking about, too. Yours qualified as half these people see that i would watch though i would if you put fuddy on a tv show every morning to talk i don't really give a shit what he talks about i would i would just i, I would too i uh, listen Futter nick talk to your agent we would hype the hell out of it in fact when nick's film school takes off to the next step believe me you'll be we'll be talking to your agent and real 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 quick for the next guest uh i want to just i'm scrolling up the chat and i saw nico just said something that drew hanlon who's obviously rj's trainer said off the dribble and wiggle are on the docket for the upcoming sub summers. Um, I know I'm echoing Spencer when I say wiggle has been another 
big primary concern for me for RJ since he was drafted because he didn't have a lot of wiggle at Duke and he didn't have a lot of wiggle as, as uh, a rookie. He's shown a little bit more this season, but like that's another thing. If he gets a little bit more wiggle to his drives, like that's again, that's game over still. Next up, welcome to the stage, Mr. Adam Feeney. What's up, hey guys? How you doing? Doing all right, guys. I uh, love your stuff. Your newsletter is the best 50 bucks I spend all year. Oh, thank you. small man. business. I appreciate it. Um, you work hard on it. You work all hours of the night, which is killer, especially <laughs> given being a parent of two small girls. Thank you, man. Uh, my question, the general consensus around this upcoming offseason is build around Randall. How different would our offseason look, if at all, if the North Star, instead of being build around Randall, is maximize RJ? Ooh, that's a fantastic question. Um, first of all, I don't, I don't necessarily. If you're asking me to look into my my crystal ball here as to what they are, the the front office is thinking. Um, I would, I would personally guess that they are going to look to build around RJ. And I, and I, the reason I have some hesitate or um you could tell that I'm thinking something as I'm saying those words is like I don't know I don't know what building around RJ looks like from the perspective of he's he with the shooting now coming along I'm not sure that he forces you into making many difficult decisions about how to like put pieces around him because think about it what pieces aren't going to fit around him I, I know I'm taking your question a little bit of a different direction but I'm just thinking about, about this off the top of my head because, like, he he offers the benefit of this po- – at this point to me, I mean, easily, you know, put him at the two or the three. That's fine. Um, he could, you know, he could be a small ball four down the line. I think that's in the cards. And I think, you know, we're not that far away from being able to run him out as – call it a point guard or whatever you want, but as the primary ball handler for certain units. So, like – He's a, I think to me, he's become one of the more easier players to build around. Um, the, the Randall component of this, I think is, is trickier, not because he's particularly difficult to, to fit pieces around, but just because there's a, there's a more immediate question of expenditure of assets. Like, so that we, we know they're not trading RJ Barrett, like ever. That's, that's not, that's not happening with Randall. Like what happens when they go to him this summer and say, okay, you know, we'll give you your, your, the maximum contract extension that we could give you right now, which is four years in the neighborhood of, I think, a hundred and twenty something, $30 million, whatever it is. Like they should offer that to him. But if he comes back and be like, you know what guys, I'm thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go ahead and test the waters in a year. I, I'm gonna be really curious to see how they counteract if if that is indeed the route he goes. Well, like let, let me ask you, like what, uh, Adam? What would you do in that situation? Like, do you do you take calls on Randall? Do you want them to take calls on Randall in that instance? Like, I I don't. I mean, I don't wouldn't want them to take calls on Randall, but I think they'd be ignoring a fundamental part of their job if they weren't. Right? They would look for all opportunities to continue to build your team. And it's not like we're exactly one piece away from dethroning the Lakers or whoever wins this year. Yeah. It, but it, it, it's the, tough. 
the, the tricky part there is it, it's see this is such a layered conversation because I think Randall I really do think Randall represents a lot to this organization and where they are and where they've come from and his willingness to sign here long term I think would mean a lot and yes I think it would mean a lot in light of what happened with Kristaps Porzingis and I know that was a different regime and I know it you could make the argument it was a million years ago or it might as well have been a million years ago but like we had a young all-star and he's he's not here anymore and and we could talk in you know until the cows come home about why he's not here and all of that stuff that's not the point the point is that we now have another young all-star and yes he is still young he's 26 years old and he said all the right thing all the right things about being here and wanting to be here and playing here and the about Tibbs and the, the all of the things right so i think you have to embrace that but but at the same time you know nico said it um like it, Jonas is, is commenting on it, like, and you just said it before. You, 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 you would be negligent as a front office if you didn't, you know, you know, listen. Um, I just don't know what their what the offers would be. Um, but I here's the great part, right? Make him the offer this off season, and then that's that's the easiest decision that you have to make if you're if you're Leon Rose, I think. And then if he doesn't accept it, then it's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's see, let's see what happens. Maybe someone calls, maybe nobody does, but it's like, you've kind of, the ball isn't even in your court at that point anymore because you're waiting for someone else or either, whether it be him or another team to kind of act at that point, And you just move forward, making the best decisions you can for your team, which I think they've been doing a great job of. So I'm, I'm cool with it. All right, that was the um, only question. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, yeah. You can boot me now so I can continue watching my 15-month-old. <laughs> Congrats. 15 months. God, let me – hold on. Let me remember. That's that's walking? Yeah, she started walking literally eight days ago, and now oh, she won't stop, which I don't want her to, but um, – But no no talking yet, right? No. Nah. Okay. Like a word here and there, like a dad, but that's okay. about it. I got a four-year-old too, so – Oh, there you go. We're in similar boats. You, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know me. I'm, I'm the four and then, and then the one month. All right. Well, God bless. Thanks for, thanks for taking some time, man. Thank you, Adam. Uh, next up here on Locker Room, we have Mr. Nico Wancho. Welcome to this. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it is a uh, lovely uh, Saturday morning. My main man, my man, Nico. What's going on, brother? Uh, uh, nothing. I uh, had to stay up late covering a high school football game last night that ended on a football fumble, so I'm uh, feeling pretty tired. But um, <laughs> I, I've, I've loved watching RJ come into his own, and that seems like kind of the theme we're going with today. Um, my my thing and the the island that I'm proud I I never got off of is the um the RJ as a primary creator island, um, and we talked a little bit about team building before, and that's and and the build around RJ question. He's easy to fit, but it also the ability he's got a pretty simple path to maximize in my view, 
because he can he can play make. So what in addition to having that elite shooting. So putting other like other connectors who can also play make and shoot, like Lonzo Balls, like Julius Randles, um, that can really help. And then I think the reason they were just like in and around that Miles Turner stuff is because while well, having that like lob threat is good, if you could completely space out the floor for RJ, like we saw last night. He, he can go to the rack on anybody because he's, you said it, he's a brick shit house, Mack truck, whatever you <laughs> want to describe it. Um, yeah, I, I like, I like prefer brick shit house. That's always been uh, a popular phrase for me. Um, I, I was thinking about this this morning um, and specifically like we, we know, we know the, the skills that, that, uh, bring RJ to like the the elite level, but I think there I think there's still some question about the role that he, it, assuming continued progression, what is the, what is the role that he's in that maximizes his ability? And I think you nailed it. I think if you could put him, a, like, it's I mean essentially you put him at the like again I don't, it's it's you are who you can guard. And you are, I think, to a certain extent, who you are guarded by, right? So there's kind of, like, I don't know that there will ever be a scenario where you're forcing another team to put their point guard on him. But I also don't think you need to have another team put their point guard on him because at his size, I think he's going to, like, where are the twos in the league? Where are the other shooting guards in the league that if you space the floor, he can't he can't bring into the post. I mean, I mean, you don't yeah, even yeah. have to worry about twos. He like he was di- like dislodging PJ Tucker at 19 like 50 games into his first NBA season. Like like the the like but it, you can put a lot of playmakers with size and then you can start to give teams real matchup issues Here's- where where if you're playing like the the ridiculous like Frank at the like Frank at the one, RJ at the two, big wing at the three, Randall at the four, Mitch at the five, and it's like, all right, nobody's under six six, nobody's under two ten, and almost everybody's a plus on ball to defender, um, and that's where you can start to really give teams nightmares. Yeah, the the thing I completely agree. Um, I like that's that's the future we all want. We want we want to see <laughs> we want to see a you know five. You know, basically a, a better version of what the Rockets tried to do last year. Or I, actually, you know what? It's more, I think, the theoretical version of what the Clippers maybe have been going for the last two years, right? With yeah, Rockets. that's kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, and and look, that's been like the future of the NBA that everybody's pr- been predicting for for years. Um, what I guess I've the only area with RJ that I've kind of backed off of a little bit is I would now. I, there was a point where I was like, I want to see him with big guys on him and then have him like take them off the dribble. I'd, I'd much rather at this point see him matched up with a smaller defender um, with spacing. And I think that's, that's the wheelhouse that I want to, I want to live in. Not to say that he can't, you know, do stuff against bigger guys, but at least for, for right now, I, I like seeing him with a small guy matched up on. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do too. I think that, that, that mismatch plays to his strengths a little bit more. <laughs> But I also think that because the floor spacing is real now, like if they switch the big onto him, he can just function as like the, well, yeah. stretch, five, the stretch four or five for a play and just pull those big guys away. And then your your other guys can attack. And um, that's, I wanna, and that's I, the versatility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I'm you you know uh, I'm I'm a I'm a draft guy above all else. Um, and you said you think that they're only making one selection in the mailbag. So with kind of all these talks about team building um, and fit next to RJ, uh, just say theoretically you're at 14 and you can jump up to get one guy <sighs> that's in that like seven, that seven to 12 range. Who Who's the one guy that you're just like, oh, get me him and we're good. Get me him and we're good. Because, you know, for me, it was Vassell last year. I mean... My my gut instinct is to go is to say Keon Johnson, and I understand. Look, I get the concerns, um, and if the if the shooting if the shooting doesn't ever come around, then that's you know that's a that's a problem. We're but, building '90s Knicks in a different way here, huh? But I mean, like he's to me clearly the highest ceiling guy outside of the top five. I mean, I'm trying to think like. Yeah, I guess there's a world where Jalen Johnson, like, but I, I have I want nothing to do with Jalen Johnson for assorted reasons. He, let's just say he, he doesn't make sense with this roster. No, uh, not at all. Him. I hate him for us. Yeah, and, and and leave it at that. I'm like, I've always been interested by Zaire Williams because he just looks the part so much, and we've talked about Zaire before. I know. Um, ah, man. I just I think it would I think it would like I, I know everybody's gonna like want him because of the run that he just went on, but like I'm not trading up for Davion Mitchell. Like if if you if Davion if you want if Davion Mitchell falls to you and he's there and you and you believe in him, okay, we could have that discussion, but like you trade up for a guy you think is gonna be a multi time all star. That's who you trade up for. And like of the group Again, just my two cents. I would bet on Keon before I bet on any of these other guys. So, yeah, yeah that absolutely makes sense. And and his fit is is so good both with the starters and like the the dream world where everyone works out, but also like the practical fit as as, as an, a creating athlete that you can slide in that second unit to really do some stuff. Yeah, I mean, like that. Like Keon Johnson's going to help you win basketball games. Like you don't have to worry about that. Like that, it, it may not look and feel exactly as we would like it if the ceiling, if he doesn't get to the ceiling. But like, you, you're really going to try to convince me? I'm not saying you are, but like, someone's going to have a hard time convincing me that that dude's not going to be a productive, helpful NBA player for a long time. So, yeah, yeah. and he's and he's 19 years old, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, good uh, good stuff, um, Nico, and uh, get get you know get some sleep at some point later today. Nico, real quick, real quick, you said you cover high school football. Uh, yeah, I had to cover a game for uh, my uh, school newspaper uh, last night. I guess the whole season got moved to the fu- to the spring. Um, uh, I, so I go to school in California. Different teams, okay. like different counties, are doing different things. My, my county played a, a five-game single round robin um, oh, that wow. I'm just covering the back end of now. So and you said was, the game ended on a fumble. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. They the one of the teams had been running this cheesy triple back eat the clock run offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh-huh. And they had athletes, so it was working. Um, but then they they flew too close to the sun because they, they were down a score and ate all the fourth quarter clock because they wanted to just score and then have not give the other team any time to come ahead. Um, and while they were trying to run that cheesy offense, they just fumbled it and lost the game. They, they lost it trying to be cheeky instead of throwing to their elite. So you're, you're saying that there was poor clock management and ended on a turnover. Are you sure you didn't watch the Jets last night? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say real quick to a couple people in the chat throwing some names out um, that I, I do think are good names. Moses Moody, like if the Knicks ended up with Moses Moody in this draft, Moses Moody to me is this year's Devin Vassell, is the McCall, mm. is the McCall Bridges of a couple of years ago. Like if they ended up with him, I'd be thrilled. I'm not trading up for Moses Moody though. I need, I need to watch more of him, but like just based on what I know, He's not a trade-up candidate for me. And the other name that uh, some people threw around is Sharif Cooper. Um, again, if they ended up with Sharif Cooper, I'd be totally cool with that um, because the ups, obviously he's a jump shot away from being a, you know, I don't know, a top 10 NBA, top 15 NBA point guard with the vision and, and all of the other stuff that he brings. But there is that significant question mark for me. So, I, I would again, I wouldn't trade up for Cooper, but I'd be cool if they got him. Okay. Well, next up to the stage, Mr. Brent Mashia. I think I've said your last. Did I say your last name right, Brent? No. Oh, what was it? Mashri. Oh, I'm. So you don't you don't say the A. You say the A. You don't say the I. So it's Brent Mash. Mashia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's going on? It's good to have you. Good to good to be here. (laughs) Uh, What's on your mind? Well, pretty much, it kind of, you had me thinking about the draft and stuff like that, and it kind of made me think of our future big man rotation when it comes to whether or not we give Mitch another contract. And I think at this point, Nerlens Noel has earned himself an extension. But I, I'm just curious, with a core of, let's say, Mitch Robinson gets re-signed, Nerlens Noel, and then hopefully we can have Julius at the five, eventually more. Do you think that that's just... Pretty much when it comes to our big man rotation, do you think that we're better off getting a more of a floor spacing five? Because even though Julius is shooting forty percent from three, I don't, I still don't see him as really a shooter like that. Um, all right, so a couple things. One, I make sure make sure I don't, don't say something I'll regret. I don't think that as long as Tom Thibodeau is the coach of this team, you're ever going to get Randall at the five for any any substantive. Like, uh, you know, we've seen him go to it a few times late in games when he's like, he feels like he's desperate and like, 
we just can't score right now. I need to play Julius at the five, and I'll take my chances on defense. I just – knowing – and I did a lot of homework on Tibbs over the summer after they, before they hired him, after they hired him, just going back and watching his teams. And, look, I get – he talks about how the game has changed and he is happy to roll with those changes. And, listen, we've seen him roll with some of those changes this year. Um, but for the life of me, I just can't see him being comfortable with the things that he prioritizes. Right. And like safety first. Right. It drives us up a fucking wall with like it's it's the reason we see Elf. Right. Um, and we don't need to talk about Elf for Payton today. But like there are things that he does with a a baseline of of certainty in mind, even if the certainty is infuriating. And this goes and this relates to I think he likes having a traditional five out there or at least a five who is not going to be a complete zero in terms of rim protection. And look, I love Julius Randle, obviously, but he's, he, he, you, he does not protect the rim. Like it just, that's not his, that's not his game. Now, if you want to tell me like, you know, we, we, who do we bring up before? I brought up Keon Johnson, right? Keon Johnson's a damn shooting guard that offers more rim protections than Julius Randle. Is there a possibility that they create some kind of like, weird mishmash of a lineup where they get like multiple guys at other positions that help you with the rim protection. I, you know, again, you're getting into some, like some really funky team building stuff. I think that the easier answer is that they're going to build this team moving forward. If Julius Randall's on it moving forward, which I hope he is with a, a, a five of some kind, like a real five. Um, in terms of who that five will be, um, you know, Fuddy, Fuddy stole my thunder as Fuddy loves to do. Fuddy just lives to steal my thunder. Um, is this a cat question? I mean, like, you know, it, I'd be shocked if they, they weren't in on cat. If it doesn't help the rim protection though, not at all. So no, obviously cat. I mean, I'd be shocked if he averages one block a game. I'll look it up right now. Um, he's one of the worst in the league in terms of that, just in terms of, a, a field goal percentage in the paint when he's the five. Yes. Um, so his career average for blocks per game is 1.5, which is actually higher, obviously, than I thought it would be. But I think, I think if you're, if you, you feel like you can survive with cat at the five defensively um, is my guess. I do, He's a bad, he's not a good defensive five, but then again, neither is, you know, Nikola Jokic, and if you're transcendent enough on D, the thing with with Randall is like, I think teams would hunt that. I don't think you can you can hunt Cat at the five in the same way that you'd be able to hunt Randall in the at the five. It if that makes any sense. Um, I, I don't. And again, is if you do get Cat eventually. Are you, you know, that, see, but that's the problem is like, if you're trading everything for that dude, you do need to ask this question, right? Do you like, can we win a seven game series in the conference finals or the finals or whatever with that dude as your rim protection? I don't know the answer to that. I, I mean, ugh, boy, the offense would need to be really good. Yeah. I so, think I'm sorry. Yeah. I what were you just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep interrupting you. I think it just really comes down to, and again, uh, 
I think Schwinn really brought it up and it had me thinking of just we haven't seen enough of it of of Randall at the five and we haven't seen an RJ and Randall pick and roll because it makes Jokic and Jamal yeah. Murray so deadly is the fact that pick and roll they have excellent chemistry and that's what makes them like we've seen it last year clutch playoff games when they go into the pick and roll it's almost unstoppable so we I, haven't well, seen that. On offense, yeah, 100%. I just, again, like Randall at the five, I think, could give you one of the more unguardable lineups in basketball. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the thing about it, right? Is, is why, despite, to, you know, the concerns, I wish, I've been calling for it all year. I wish we could see it more. Um, hell, I'd love, I'd love Randall and RJ on the floor with Obi. How nice would that be? Like, what, you know, why, why can't we maybe experiment with some of that? Um, and you know whoever your your two guards are, but I don't know. Just to get back to Mitch, I just I wonder how the injury is going to influence their thinking moving forward in terms of what they offer him, in terms of penciling him in as like okay, is he still our five? I still think they believe in him, and I think there are people in the organization, and I've I've heard some stuff recently that I'm gonna I'll throw in a newsletter next week that lead me to believe that he is still a significant part of their plans moving forward. Um, but at the same time, like foot injuries with big guys, like I'm not saying he's injury prone at all, but this is now a consideration for it. There's one thing to, to overreact and say like, Oh, he's injury prone. It's another thing to, to bury your hand head in the sand and be like, all right, well it's just whatever it happened. Let's move on. I think there's an in between there that you need to consider. Um, the good news is that you could kind of just roll with it. It's the same. It's the same kind of conversation I was having before about Randall. Like you don't like offer Mitch a fair number that you're comfortable with as a team, and if he turns it down and he wants to play out his last year at one point eight million dollars, then you have another year to make that decision. Um, the only thing I would not do is like not that there's really this option outside. I mean, look if they if they somehow got in the lottery and they moved up and they it, like Mobley was staring them in the face. That's a different conversation, but it's not like there's a center in this draft that, you know, I think is worth like, I'm not, I don't want them to draft like Kai Jones, for instance. Um, and I like Kai Jones, but like, that's, that's not, that's to me would not be a wise expenditure of assets. Um, you know, and then play the market this summer, like see what happens. I mean, look, if, if the Pacers are ready to get out on, on Turner, I mean, I guess hear what they want, right? Just keep your options open. I think that's the most – that's the nice thing about the center position in the NBA is, like, if you don't have Embiid or Cat or Jokic or Bam, I guess, you could you could kind of play the field, and you don't need to lock yourself in. Like, it's it's unnecessary. So, hopefully that answers your question. Any other thoughts on your mind before we get someone else up? No, nah, not really. I would just – the center rotation to me is just very fascinating because, like, especially with our it development – like, I'm not really worried about, you know, the wing position and stuff like that. And hopefully we get a point guard either through the draft or free agency. But the center rotation is just very curious to me. It's it, – but, again, it's it all comes back to what that position means in the game today and, like, what do you need from it? Like, we're being reminded of late that one thing you need from it is you need a guy who could get a rebound, right? <laughs> like, that's a requirement. But, like, if you could get yourself a guy who could get – like, that's what Mitch could do, though. Mitch is, like, your baseline. Like, if you – that's why I'm cool rolling with Mitch moving forward. But it's, it's, it's again, it comes down to money. 
it co- it definitely comes down to money with him and what is he willing to accept and like what is the team willing to offer. So we'll see what happens. Um, but thank you for coming up and it's it's a it's a worthy topic of discussion moving forward. I'll say that and it's an interesting one. You nailed it. All right, thank you. Yeah, of course. Before we get to the next speaker, uh, Matthew Charles in the chat had a question, which I honestly think is your fault that you brought up this trading into the top four stuff. Um, Me? Yes. What do I do? You're the first person or content creator I heard when it comes to the Knicks that suggested the thought of what it would take for the Knicks to trade up into the top four if they end up with like 12 and 23 as their two picks. I correct me if I'm wrong of the like the, the top five teams nobody's trading that pick and if they were the first question the first thing they say is okay we would like RJ Barrett right so uh, for anybody who missed it I think did I write on it I think I wrote on it this week I don't know it, it, it all runs together um no no NBA team in the last uh 20 years has traded into the top five um, without trading another top 10 pick or trading a guy who is um, like a, a, a young, a young ish all-star and, 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 you know, put, put big air quotes around all-star because like the players that we've seen that have helped teams move into the top five are guys like, Antoine Jameson, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, who once upon a time was actually a pretty good player. Um, Ray Allen, obviously he was on the older side, but he had made a shit ton of all-star teams. Like that's another guy. There, I think there was there's one or two more that I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, Pagasol, was it Pagasol? Or no, no, it was Abdul-Rahim for Pagasol. That's right. I think there was, there's one other. In any case, um, I don't think it would require R.J. Barrett. Really? No. Um... The so Brent says, what did the Warriors trade for Weber? They traded the number three pick plus not one, not two, but three future first round picks to move up two spots to get Chris Weber. Um, in what is still an, uh, just one of the most obscene trades of all time. Um, I want an oral history on that trade. In any <laughs> case, here here's the here's the the real. You want to talk about something that would? Oh my God! If this ever was discussed. Randall. Randall can move into the top five. Wow. I mean, that you want to talk about someone that would light the internet on fire? Um, like Randall and 12 for whatever. Three, four, five. Name your, name your thing. You, you have to be certain then that not only that what you're trading up for is like the thing – and that Obi Toppin will develop into a, a starter in this league, let alone like enough to be what Randall was in the first half. Also, maybe there is some some smoke and mirrors with what Randall was. I'm I'm not my brain's not ready to have this conversation yet. No, um, I'm not ready to have it either. But just like that's a trade that like both organizations, like the Knicks would have to exact you know have a mm-hmm. quite the come to Jesus moment, and then. What organization is that's going to be in the top five is doing that? It obviously would have to be someplace that Julius Randle's comfortable signing long term, and they know he would be comfortable signing long term. And like it would be like a win now move, but all the teams at the top of the draft, unless you're talking about, 
a pick, you know, if like the Warriors get the pick swap, but then they already have like Wiseman and then they're like, it's such a multi-layered mm-hmm. conversation. That's why I'm not ready to have it yet. Agreed. All right. Next up, friend of the pod, a, a, a staple at most when we used to have live events, Mr. James Stanzoni. Welcome to. How you guys doing? You hear me? James? Yeah, we, I hear you. I'm like. When's the, I'm trying to think. When is the last live event that we had where I saw you? It was the draft. It was right? the Dallas, the Dallas, the Dallas game. The Dallas game. That's yeah. It. Yeah, I I went to the Dallas game. I went there before though. I saw I ran into you guys before. I remember. Yeah, good call. But yeah, I just want to talk about how different. Like, I, I don't want to use the word culture. I guess you can. I don't know whatever word you want to fill in for it. But just the difference of like everything this season. Like we always fall in love with these guys on our team. But this year they're not they're not just like talking shit like like Mar like uh, Mook and like I mean Mook I loved him too but you know the, the things he said or even like crazy like Derrick Rose what he said in 2017 or whatever just just a bunch of dumb crazy like ideas that we always would debate and all these debates and even like the Kenny Atkinson Tibbs debate and all these all these debates we could finally just sit down and watch the team and enjoy the basketball on the court and it's just it's very refreshing. It's it's um it's been a long time coming, um, which is why which is why through at times this year I get a little not annoyed. That's not the right word. Like it's why I hate the elf system. Not because I like elf but um, yeah. But it's, it's like, the like, one thing that, that is debatable this season. But like, we always have to find one thing. Yeah, I, I, it's exactly. It's because I just, I, I am enjoying the basketball on the court so much that to, to have to, which is really what I'm, what I'm really saying here is I'm annoyed at Tibbs for just like, why can't you make this one chain and then there's nothing else for us to have to complain about in terms of, yeah, okay. Off the court. Was- you know, something else would happen. Something else would happen. Don't worry. Yeah, no, you're right. There's, there's always, there's always some shit. But no, you you nailed it. And and just as far as like the the culture stuff, um, you know, Gibson and I take Gibson very seriously because that dude is thoughtful when he speaks and he doesn't say things by accident. He doesn't say things that he doesn't mean. He doesn't say yeah. things offhandedly. And like I will, I wrote it in the newsletter today, and I'll reference it here. I, I was in the locker room last year when it was when the Tibbs rumor first came out, and um, Ian Ian Bagley asked him asked Taj the question about like, well, what do you think Tibbs would bring to this team or whatever? And and Gibson, like a pro, made sure to first say, I think Mike Miller's doing a great job. Love Mike Miller, great coach, and then. He said what he had to say about Mike Miller, and then he, 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 I remember the look on his face. And he's like, but if you want to win and you have guys committed to winning, get Tom, like, Tom Thibodeau's your guy. And, he, and you knew it when he said it. Like, and that's a guy that had been there and seen it and done it. Um, and now we're seeing it. And I think that the, for him to use the word family last night when referring to the culture here, is to me also so meaningful because it speaks to the fact that like that's where the Tibbs stuff has gone off the rails in the past, where he, you know, it's, it's kind of he doesn't he doesn't have that aspect of it, 
And it seems like this group of guys, if they're really together and, and, and they, they like each other and they pull for each other. And that's where like the Kenny Payne's and the Mike Woodson, you know, now that I know he's gone now, but like, and the Johnny Bryant, like all these guys come into play with this stuff. Um, so I'm down for it. I love it. It makes me happy. And uh, I just, yeah, I'm excited to see the rest of the year, man. As I, as I know you are as well. Definitely. Definitely. And one more thing, like it's, I know you guys talking about the draft. And I know it's fun to look at these prospects, but I am one who obsessed over the draft every year since the Mikel Bridges draft. Like, I just read articles upon articles upon articles, and I have not read one article this year in the draft. Not because I like, I just, I just, I'm enjoying this season so much. Like, I don't even want to start thinking about trading Randall and move up or any of these crazy ideas that you have to think about as a business. Of course, I understand, but I just don't want to think about it right now. I don't care about the draft. I just want to focus on the team and and go from there. And let's let Leon whatever do whatever he's got to do. Um. That's well said. Um, but hey, look, and, and thanks for thanks for coming up on stage and, and uh, you know spending a few minutes. The nice thing, the nice thing also is, I feel feel pretty confident that this front office is a front office that the Knicks can that we as Knicks fans can trust. And look, I get the concerns raised by uh, your own piece from whatever it was a month ago, you know, but like. I'm sorry. I'm I'm still taking the hat, the glass half full approach with Leon Rose. He knows he's the guy in charge, and again, this is something that I've I've said, or I've written, and I'll I'll say again. Like there is no question who's running this show and who's steering this ship. It's Leon. What Leon says goes. He wants to hear everybody's thoughts. He wants to process it all. But this is Leon's show. Ain't nobody else's show. So if you trust Leon to be able to disseminate all of these thoughts and opinions from his front office and his coach and all of this other shit, then you feel confident about this team moving forward, which I do. So, Well said, 100%. Um, all right, we have a treat here. Last but not least here on Locker Room, the one and only Mr. David Futternick. Welcome to the state. What up? What oh, up, boys? Wait, of, of – um, What's the what's the name of the show that we still see the commercials for on MSG? <laughs> um, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, doesn't matter. I can't think of the name of the show. Whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, uh, Andrew, uh, you, fantastic job on the post game. Thank you, sir. I, Thank you. Like a great producer, you push the merch right off the top. Just fantastic. Yes, fantastic. shamelessly, too. Masterfully done. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I gotta get my, I gotta get my merch. I gotta get my on my merch, uh, my merch vibes. But merch uh, vibes. yeah, that's real yeah. merch vibes here. I'm on. I'm on. Yeah, you guys are the merch guys for sure. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, like you know, last night was incredible. Rich made a good point in the chat that. Uh, like no team in the last ten years wins that game. Nope. Like, I mean, uh, that was amazing. My my question for you guys is: uh, Did that finally like put the scare in Tibbs that he needs to mix the rotations up now? And <sighs> if he really wants to win, he needs to tinker like he did in the second half last night. Like, do do you think there's any? I I mean, we've been here before this season. But now we're getting into like the crunch time of the season. Like, do you, do you think that he's gonna get more creative? Let's say, uh, well, you know, can, seeing, 
I mean, because we we don't win that game without the rookies last night. But can I can I ask you a question? Because it, it's yeah. one that I've I've talked about. I talked about it with Schwinn on the crossover pod that we did um, uh, this week. Yeah, and it's the one I I spend more time thinking about than than anything. Mostly because I, I just don't have a good answer. Um, why why is Alfred Payton still the starting point guard right now? Like, what what do you think it is? Because I I'm 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 out of ideas. Uh, well, before the trade deadline, I, I, you know, I think the obvious answer is, well, they're featuring him as much as possible because they want to try to trade him. Now, I have, I really have no clue. Like, is it, you know, Scott Perry doesn't have a voice in the front office anymore. Like, he can't possibly. I mean, I so think. It can't be that, right? He's, I think, he, I mean, look, he's, he's there. He's, I think he has a voice. Okay, but like, he has I, a voice, but, but is that voice heard? more than the rest of the guys no. in the office? I mean... No, and, and, and I'll trust... And, and listen, you know, Berman, we all give Berman a lot of shit, but yeah. he 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 nailed... I, I He said something, and I, I, I had heard the same thing, which is that Perry's voice is just not... It's not prominent. So I don't think that's it. I I just... I, God, I just have to imagine there is something to him, to Tibbs. It's now... We're now game 53. In a seventy-two game season, can you can you make can you make a start a starting lineup shift change without any fear of uh, I I don't know it's not pissing off Alfred Payton because who gives a shit if he's pissed off but like some kind of a like ripple effect throughout the locker room I don't but then I don't. You think he gar he? You think he garners that much respect? Among, among, I mean, obviously this this team is very close, but I mean, look the, the, the you know these games that we pull out of our ass like we did last night. It's because Peyton gets benched, you know, and it's uh, obviously there are other factors too, but that's a it, it's a huge factor because then you know uh, it, it's obvious that. The more shooters you put on the floor, the more spacing there is. The more Funny spacing how that there is, the, the, the lanes are open for RJ. The lanes are open for Julius. Like, you know, you don't have, like, Elf by himself with no defender remotely close to him. I, so, <sighs> here's the other thing, though. And, and this is, is going to lead to one, one final point on this, which is that he played Elf the last – they played uh, 53 minutes of basketball last night. And Alfred Payton played fifteen of those minutes. Yeah, they played like they, so, they played like like twenty five minutes of basketball last night. But but they played their asses <laughs> off that twenty. <laughs> this is an accurate statement. Um, he, he Tibbs, I imagine, if you gave him truth serum, his answer would be: If I start Elf, I could have my cake and eat it too. Because if he sucks, I'll just pull him, and I don't have to put him back in the game, which is a more acceptable answer except for the fact that like as as I see people saying it in the chat it's like it really does feel like you go out there and and you're down 10 when he's out there and it's just you know the complete lack of confidence in his ability and and the funny thing is he's hit now what three threes in the last two games I but I've, I've been saying this over the last few weeks it's less about the spacing and more just the fact that he's a shitty basketball player to me right. at this point, he's just not good. And the, it's, I, I'm sorry, but like it has become an insult at this point 
to continue to trot out this defense bullshit that that's why he's in there because if, if the broadcast was, team keeps this talking point up, like you know, I, I, I'm like I'm most stunned that they keep it up because they're smarter than that. I mean, come on, at this point hey, they know they know better. Hey, hey John, when you were, if I can get some like insight here, I I have to think that there's something like personally with Alfred. Did you have any interaction? with him last year and that's why everybody's like afraid to criticize him that works at the garden no he's a i mean he's a nice he's a, he's a nice guy he's a really nice guy i mean i i've heard i've never heard anything other than that he's he works really hard behind the scenes and he you know you could, like all that shit like schwinn brought up the agent thing on on our pod i i don't i don't know if that would really like would tibbs make that like that would mean someone's basically forcing tibbs's hand to continue to start him like ah I I don't know. I just like that. Like th- we're we're now resorting to these types of wild conspiracies to make sense of it. Is the point? Because here's the here's the thing. Even if you were gonna try to sell me that Tibbs was so stupid as to believe that Alfred Payton is a is like his real best defensive option, which oh, I've never for once thought that Tibbs believed that. That ship sailed last night when they had a when they had a possession late in the game where they did not reinsert Alfred Payton for defensive purposes only, because of course they didn't reinsert him for fucking defensive purposes because Tibbs knows better. So like, just, just stop trying to sell me that bullshit and admit, like, I think what this is really about is, is it the, 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 it's, it's not even like, if you're going to play Payton, it almost is better to play him as a starter as opposed to off the bench. And then, so then it's like, all right, should we start him or just completely excise him from the rotation? And it, that is like, the leap that I think Thibodeau is not willing to go. To take it's it like keeping way. Uncle June as uh, the Boston name, but but really, yeah. Der- but really, Derek Rose is is the actual boss. Yeah, exactly. Except it's it's a matter of like, is Uncle June going to be the boss, or you can't demote him? You basically have to shoot him and kill him. Right? right, like those are the two options. So oh, I don't. Yeah, think... it would be great if Elf could, you know, like be on trial for his life, and then we just like keep him in his house, like you know, forever. But that's why I want. But again, that's why I wanted them to fucking trade him at the deadline for I anything. Know. You know, you tell me. So you couldn't get a second rounder for him. I mean, just just to just to get him out of there. I mean, I, and, I find that hard to believe. And and then and to to bring this full circle. I I think you were alluding to this before. I think if if Rose was healthy, and they did not have any of these health questions about Rose, I think they would have done it. I really That's do believe point. that. That's a good. I think point. I think, that, I think they would have done it because they would have because I, you at least would have known that you could have moved forward. But but I do not think they were comfortable trading Elf if with the Rose COVID issue because then you do put yourself in a tough a tough position. Like I we we all I love. Uh, Alec Burks and Emmanuel Quickly and Frank Milikina, like you need a you need one real point guard on the team, and um, you know it, it's a shitty situation, but it is what it is. That's why did you have so, to end this on a down note, buddy? I didn't mean to, for this to turn into an elf thing. I just I'm all pissed I, off. I, I, <laughs> I wanted it to be like a positive thing. Like, look how good the guys who aren't elf played last night. Shouldn't those guys play more? Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't answer my yeah. own question, but you know, just I, I'm hoping that Tibbs just sees what happened 
at the end of the game last night, you know, fourth quarter into OT and, and he finally realizes that maybe, maybe IQ shouldn't play 13 minutes in a game. Yeah. I mean, quickly last night, let's end on that high note. Quickly go. last night, I, I, uh, I was texting Andrew before um, about it. Like it was a weirdly quiet for him, quiet 20 points, maybe because like the RJ 20 was so loud. Um, but like, just like, his influence on a game, man, it's just oh – God, I just love watching that kid. You will never be able to convince me that having him out on the court is not a good thing for this team. It's just he's, – he's so good. It's literally the one yeah. thing I didn't get to last night that in hindsight was like, I should have, like, dedicated five minutes to Emmanuel Quickly who, you know, once Peyton sat because he should have, they decided that they were going to make a run. Um, like, funny, you hit it – the, the rookies are the reason. Like the kids are the reason that they even came back. Obi last. too, man. Oh man, Obi was good. That IQ yeah. to Obi uh, stuff was oh. uh, chef's kiss. Uh, and by the way, this was uh, Emmanuel Quickly's tenth twenty-point game of the season. Um, so not bad, not bad at all. There's pretty good. Uh, see, this would be ending on a negative note. I think it's a lock that he's first or second all rookie right there's not going to be some deep dive into his stats because he's shooting under 40 percent no 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 no, no. His, his, no his there there are two so he's a lot for first team um I, I mean i suppose if he gets injured tomorrow and he doesn't play another game that's called into question but i almost think almost regardless of how efficient he is for the rest of the year because when you combine the usage with the eye test uh, and how necessary he – like the eye test – sorry. When you combine the usage, the eye test, and the plus minus, it, it coalesces into like this is a rookie who is absolutely fundamental to a team that is in the, like, the playoff race and is like one of their better and more helpful players. And that's, that's going to get him there. So, yeah, he'll get there. Hey, I, I hope you're right. Uh, All right. Take us out. Go ahead. Funny is- Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Um, breaking news, by the way. Should I read some breaking news? Uh, yes, please. Uh, Kate Cunningham uh, signed with Excel Sport. Uh, I was hoping that was going to go a different direction. Kate Cunningham oh. says, we'll play for one coach and one coach only, and it is Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> that would be lovely. Yes. Um, NBA, Jeff Schwartz, NBA agent. I'm just looking to see who else uh, he represents because uh, – um, oh, here we go. His, should, can I read his – let's see if there's any Knicks on I, – I, off the top of my head, I forget who – what Knicks are with uh, Excel. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Nobody. No, nobody. Knicks are with, no Knicks are with Excel or with Jeff Schwartz at least. Maybe there's another Nick that's with somebody else with Excel. But anyway, all right. Um, I think that's. Uh, I think that's it. I think we did this one justice. Any parting thoughts from you, Andrew? None. Just everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll do all the shameless plugging if you'd like. Check out the merch store. We have a lot of great stuff there. Check out iTunes. Drop a five star rating and a review. Check out the YouTube channel. John and Jeremy will be back. It's weird. So, so Sunday the Knicks play at eight p.m. So they're gonna split the pod in two. We're going to record some evergreen stuff before, then do the post-game live stream, then look big picture afterwards. So two pods dropping Monday at midnight is the long way of saying, um, you know, stay tuned. we got a lot of content coming out. Thank you for checking it out, everybody.
Um, yes, and it will be um, hopefully more content about uh, a basketball team that wins some games because uh, this that was so much fun last night. We didn't even talk about like when when it, I guess maybe we'll save this for for the pod tomorrow. But like that's the biggest win since you know what or like. Uh, but anyway, all right. Well, that's I guess we'll we'll call that a greeny teaser, right? And there you um, go, greeny teaser, absolutely, greeny teaser. Look at us um, shouting out ESPN after slandering them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bad job by me. All right, uh, everybody, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks, everybody, on stage. And uh, we'll see you next week. Adios, people.